Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories, and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex, access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. I am Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder, this podcast deals with adult content. So if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on headphones. Today, the letter is G, and G is for gender dysphoria and gender euphoria. Dysphoria is defined as a state of unease or general dissatisfaction with life. When it is applied to gender, it is literally unease or general dissatisfaction with your gender. Gender is not the same as your biological sex, though many of us identify gender that matches our biological sex. There are two biological sexes, male and female, and some people are also born intersex, which is being born with anatomy that doesn't fit the typical pattern for male or female bodies. For example, some people have both male and female anatomy. Gender is socially constructed. Gender is how we feel and see ourselves. For many years, male and female were the only genders recognized. Now we know that gender falls on a spectrum and that even people who are happy with their assigned gender at birth matching their biological sex can move along the spectrum at different parts in their lives. I am a biological woman and I see my gender as female and I have always identified as female. However, at some points in my life, I have felt very feminine and at others, I have felt much more masculine. Gender can be fluid. Some people identify as female sometimes and male at other times. They do not see themselves as transgender necessarily because the way they identify moves along the spectrum between male and female. Some people feel they are neither male nor female, and others feel they are both male and female. Within the medical and psychological communities, these people are often called gender non-conforming. This term also includes people who are transgender and gender fluid and gender queer. People who identify as transgender are the people who are most likely to be identified as gender dysphoric. Many feel they were born into the wrong body. Some of them chose to go through the process to change biological sex fully. Others take hormones and change some of their sexual and gender characteristics that are the ones that they feel aren't quite right, that don't fit them. And others choose to stay in the body they were born into despite feeling that it isn't the right configuration. People who have gender dysphoria feel very strongly that their gender doesn't match their biology. This is not a mental illness. 
when someone experiences this dysphoria, it causes stress, anxiety, and depression. And in some cases, people can feel suicidal as a result of the mismatch between gender and biology. And there are many suicides of people who experience a mismatch between gender and biology, a much higher number of suicides than there are in the general population. People who identify as gender fluid or non-gendered also experience gender dysphoria. They may find this harder to express, particularly to people who are cisgendered and not fluid. Gender fluid folk find that their gender feelings and expression move around the male through to female spectrum. And some people identify as non-gendered and don't identify with the spectrum at all. Um, cisgender is someone whose gender is the same as their assigned sex at birth. Gender euphoria is defined as feeling happy and comfortable with your gender. This has traditionally been applied to cisgendered people. However, it can also be applied to transgendered people. Gendered euphoria for a cisgendered person is a state of joy and happiness about being male or female and having the associated roles and body parts. For a transgendered person, it can be a state of happiness or joy from living as their desired gender or after transition to their desired gender, it may become the same as for a cisgendered person. It all depends. Significant ex uh, dysphoria is experienced when the wrong pronouns are used to identify a person. For some transgendered people, their first experience of gender euphoria comes when people around them consistently use the correct pronouns. For people who identify as gender fluid, this is often a great relief, as many people who are not part of the LGBTQIA community have difficulty understanding the idea of fluidity and gender and accepting fluidity and gender. Gender euphoria often comes from things that validate a person's identity and their expression of identity. When significant people in a person's life use appropriate language to refer to them and take the time to understand their experience and include them in social situations and activities as they are without expecting any change, they are validating the person's gender identity. Now, the pronoun issue should not be downplayed. When someone refers to a person with the wrong pronoun, it valid, invalidates a core identity. Gender is a core identity for most of us. It is often central to how we view ourselves and how we are viewed in the world. I emphasize this because I see many people on the internet rubbish this idea and suggest that people who are upset about um, people I, uh, misgendering them, using the wrong pronouns, or just whining or being difficult, or that this is somehow a constructed or made-up thing. And I've posted a number of memes listing a wide variety of appropriate pronouns to educate others. Um, and I often receive comments that denigrate the idea that any genders exist from those assigned at birth. These people tend to suggest that being upset about being misgendered shouldn't be an issue. Unfortunately, they're often men, 
and I wonder how well they would take continuously being referred to as women. If people in their world insisted on referring to them as she and her, I suspect they wouldn't manage this very well. I've invited them to put themselves in that position in their minds, but most of them don't take me up on this. For those who argue that this is not so, I do invite them to think back to being a young adolescent and how they felt when people either misgendered them or referred to them as a child because their gender identifying characteristics were not strongly visible yet. I think of a case of a man who at um, 17 still looked like an 11 year old boy and was still quite short, quite thin. His voice hadn't changed. Uh, he had no facial hair. He had little to no hair on, on his legs. Um, really was sort of barely in puberty. Um, although, you know, he had some of the signs of puberty. And he came in speaking about how upsetting it was for him to not be taken seriously. Um, he was heterosexual and the women wouldn't give him the time of day because he looked like a child to them. And the fact that he was almost 17 and that he um, had sexual feelings and desires and was perfectly capable of acting on them didn't matter. What they saw was a boy, not a man. Gender is one of the central features of self-image, self-understanding, and it impacts intensely on how we relate to others. Feeling as though your body or parts of your body is wrong is an awful feeling and it's distressing on so many levels. When others mislabel a person's gender, it's jarring and the person feels invisible and not understood. It impacts on every aspect of life. People who have gender dysphoria have higher rates of substance abuse, depression, suicide attempts, eating disorders, and anxiety. Research suggests that 71% of people who have gender dysphoria have some form of mental health diagnosed at some point in their lifetime. And the diagnosis is often related to the gender dysphoria. So the dysphoria itself isn't the diagnosis, but the fact that they're feeling this and they're having difficulty either integrating this or they're having difficulty getting the rest of the world to see them as who they are, and that's a really big one, will create symptoms of depression. People are often aware that their body doesn't correspond to the gender they feel when they're quite young. Children who have gender dysphoria will consistently tell people that they are really the opposite biological sex. They will tell people that when they grow up, they will become that sex. Many talk about removing the genitalia that doesn't match their internal gender. They will reject clothing, toys, and activities associated with their biological sex. They often have friends of the gender they see themselves as. And they'll often sit, insist on urinating as the opposite gender. So girls who identify as boys will attempt to pee standing up. 
tweens and teenagers will become very distressed by the biological changes when they, that come when they hit puberty. And this is often the time that suicide risk increases. They ex often express disgust at their genitals and secondary sex characteristics. So biological girls who are developing breasts but identify as boys will do anything to flatten their breasts and become very distressed at the development. Some will seek surgery. They often dress as the gender they identify as rather than according to bi biological sex, which makes perfect sense. As gender fluidity exists, it's really important to support children and adolescents and also adults where they are at any given time and not assume where they will end up where, when they reach adulthood or where adults will end up later on in their adult life. The goal of any talking therapy or counseling is to support the person, not to try to change their gender identification. There's nothing wrong with their gender identification. The dysphoria diagnosis when it is given is a description of the distress this mismatch causes, not a description of a mental illness. Many people choose to do things to get their bodies to conform more to their identified gender. And this can include taking hormones or medication to block certain hormones or having surgery. It can also include um, things like for girls who, for biological girls who identify as boys, binding the breasts, for example. So they may not have surgery to remove their breasts, but they may bind them so that they're not visible under clothing. Some trans people do not experience their bodies as wrong, but rather, feel that some modifications to their bodies would make them feel more at home. So they don't feel like they were born into the wrong sex, which is the common thing that, that we say when we're talking about transgender. There are trans people who just don't feel like that, but they may feel that um, not having breasts, for example, would make them more comfortable or having breasts would make them more comfortable. So one part of the body um, being modified would, would make them more confirmed to their view of themselves. And since everybody's experience of dysphoria is different, only using the born to the wrong body analogy causes significant distress, as people again will feel outside of the norm. It also dismisses the complexity of the issue, and it is a really complex issue. Some trans people don't experience gender dysphoria around their bodies, but most of their dysphoria is around being misgendered. And as I said before, there are people who experience dysphoria around only one part of their bodies, or maybe one or two parts of their bodies. Gender fluid, non-binary, and non-gendered people can also experience body dysphoria. If you love someone who's gender fluid or transgendered, how can you help? First and foremost, by accepting their own experience and their definition of gender, whatever that is. Acceptance is what leads to gender euphoria most quickly. Don't try to contradict a person's view of themselves. Use the gender pronouns that they choose, and if you make a mistake, apologize and correct it. Don't insist that they conform to your view of gender. Give them space to teach you what works for them. Allow for change over time. 
People are not static, they evolve. This is why referring to this as a journey is so common. And in fact, referring to anything that has to do with learning more about ourselves as a journey is so common. If someone changes the pronouns they prefer, it does not invalidate all earlier expressions of themselves. It's really important to get this because there are some people who may change their pronouns very frequently. Sometimes that's because they're not sure what's going to fit best and they're trying them out. But other times it's because through their evolution, their experience of their own gender changes. So if they change their pronouns a lot, just acknowledge them and change the way you address them according to what they prefer. It may be more difficult to know how to address them, but it doesn't mean that they were being deceptive or that they, in quotes, aren't really trans or, quote, aren't really serious, as some people may say. People always change as they learn more about themselves and people change as they move through life, as I've said earlier. So support their changes and support through their changes is what they need from friends, family, and loved ones in order to become gender euphoric. Ask questions, but be respectful. And if you feel you cannot be, or you cannot act without judgment, take your questions and your feelings elsewhere until you can be respectful. Cisgendered people also experience both gender dysphoria and gender euphoria as their bodies change over time. When cis women make the transition to menopause, they can find that gender shifts as well. Women who have hysterectomies before or after menopause often experience gender dysphoria, as many feel that their um, uterus, ovaries, um, fallopian tubes are a real mark of their womanhood and with those gone can feel really strong feelings of a loss of womanhood. Um, and that can cause significant depression for some. Cisgendered women may experience gender euphoria during pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding as they relish these times as full expressions of their gender. And finally, and most importantly, don't assume gender for anyone. Ask respectful questions. Thanks for joining me for the A to Z of sex this week. This week, we talked about gender dysphoria and gender euphoria. We touched on how important it is to use the appropriate gender pro pronouns, those that the person wants to hear. We talked about the fact that this is a complex issue and that um, expression of gender is along a spectrum and can often be fluid and changed throughout the lifespan. If you found any of this triggering, please, email me at drlorybeth at a to z of sex.com. That's D-R-L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H at A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X.com. And um, you can also email me if you've got suggestions for the show, questions you want answered, or any comments on this show or any of the other shows in this series. If you want to be a guest on my podcast, please email me and include a description of your reasons for wanting to be a guest and a link to your website and any blogs or writing. 
Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I am at Dr. Bisbee and also follow me on Facebook at Dr. Bisbee is D-R-B-I-S-B-E-Y. Check out my YouTube channel, which is Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. For a free 30-minute discovery session with me, head over to https colon forward slash forward slash the dash intimacy dash coach.com and head to my contact page to click on my calendar and schedule directly. If you enjoy the show, please, please, please leave me a review on iTunes and or Stitcher and on Apple podcast. Join me next week when the letter will be H. Thank you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. To subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.